Alright, what is happening? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How we doing on a Tuesday? Today is the 14th, March 14th, 2023. What's happening out there? Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday. On today's show, going to talk a little bit about game theory. Uh, we've talked about game theory in different areas, but I realize I've never done a show just on game theory, like what it means, what it is, how it applies in sports betting, which is kind of interesting in my opinion, like how, how it crosses over. So we'll talk about that on today's show. A uh, special thanks to Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is so much fun. They're changing the game for player props, okay? Now, my favorite thing they're doing is the player prop parlays, or they're called the house props on the app. But what you can do is, is make more money for parlaying player props together on Thrive Fantasy than anywhere else. Like DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, anywhere else, they pay more money for player pop parlays. The reason is they they have fixed payout odds, so they assume every bet is minus one ten, right? It's so it's awesome. I mean, I've had people text me like, "How is this legit? How is this real?" It's it, it's it's awesome. So you can start making more money for player pop parlays. They also have daily fantasy style games where you build a lineup with player props. Check them out online, Thrive Fantasy, or download the app. Uh, put in promo code SBD when you're signing up for a deposit match. Up to $100. All right, let's get to it. Game theory and game theory in sports betting. Uh, before we get to that, because I'm going to talk about the definition, how it applies to sports betting, all that, we've got to understand one thing and understand one concept before anything. Sports betting is a multiplayer game. Okay, a lot of us assume it's us versus the sports books. A lot of us assume it, you walk up to the sports book or, or, or you, you log on, you go through the game, just scroll down, and you pick your favorites, right? And it's us versus the book. That's not the case. Sports betting is actually us versus other sports bettors. The house opens up opening numbers, which are generally, by definition, pretty soft. And then they get moved into place, molded into place from the sports betting public, okay? The, the professionals, largely, of the world. And then they, at that point, you know, they're released to everyone else or other sports books offer them one at a time. And so what we're doing is, if you bet on BetMGM, what you're doing is, this, and, and the reason I say BetMGM, that's sort of like a euphemism for all these, you know, little boutique or not, not necessarily boutique, I guess, just like domestic sports books like BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever, points bet, all these bet, all these uh, books, right? If you're betting into, into these books, what you're doing is not betting against the sports book. You're betting against, well, yes, initially the sports book, but also every other sports better who's moved the line after that, right? So, uh, an example I like uh, to give is if you if you're in line, okay, at whatever Las Vegas casino to make a bet when NFL numbers open, and the Dallas Cowboys open up whoever they're playing minus two and a half, okay, so Dallas is minus two and a half, and you're the second person in line, okay. Let's say the first person in line goes uh, the the first person in line ahead of you goes to the window and bets Dallas minus two and a half for the max limit, and they raise it to Dallas minus three. So now you're not betting Dallas two and a half, right? It's not you versus the book. It's you versus the book and you versus the person in front of you in line. Because now that's not the house line. That's that's the line that the person in front of you thought was a fair line. Now you can maybe bet that back down. You can pass. You can bet Dallas again, whatever. That's not the point of where we're going. My point is now that's a different line. So sports betting is very, very much a multiplayer game. We have to understand that and realize that and digest that before we even get in anything for, for game theory. So that's the first thing. Understand that sports betting is a multiplayer game and the players involved are all the bettors in the world betting into the market. Okay, so now that we understand that, let's get to game theory. What is game theory? Why is it matter? What does it matter? You know, why is it important? 
Uh, let's start off by actually giving the definition. I found this on good old-fashioned Wikipedia. I thought this was a good definition, very acceptable. Uh, game theory, quote, game theory is the study of mathematical models of strategic interactions among rational agents. It has applications in all fields of social science, as well as in logic, system science, and computer science. Originally, it addressed two-person, zero-sum games in which each participant in which each participant's gains or losses are exactly balanced by those of other participants. In the 21st century, game theory applies to a wide range of behavioral relations. It is now an umbrella term for the science of logical decision making in humans, animals, as well as computers. Okay. Another way to say that, right, that's the definition. Another way to say that is game theory is the study of essentially how to win playing games with a fixed set of rules. Okay. Now it talks about how originally it addressed two person zero sum games, and now it's gotten more complex, which it has. But sports betting is a, is a zero sum game because either we are winning or the house is winning. There is no other option. When the house loses money, we win money. When we win money, the house loses money. When we lose money, the house wins money, right? So it's a zero sum game. So uh, how does this apply in sports betting? Okay. Like, how does the study of how to best playing a game and best win a game within a fixed set of rules apply in sports betting? Okay. And that's the key is sports betting, not sports, not on the court. Okay. Not, not within the sports, within the sports betting universe, the industry. How do we make money off this? And it comes down to what will they, like the other betters, remember the betters who are betting against in this multiplayer game? What will they, the other betters, AKA the other players in the game, what will they do? And how will we, how can we use what we assume to be their actions to our advantage? Okay. So an example would be one example. You can apply this in all different kinds of areas in sports betting, but one example would be your sports selection. And I don't think we talk about this enough because everyone just bets the games they watch, which is a bad idea because most people are watching the NBA and the NFL. And those are the two hardest sports to beat. So game theory says we've got to identify what other sports the best handicappers and betters in the world are going to bet. And then what I want to do is just based on definition, go the other way. And so I actually did this. I played this out very early in my career. I realized how liquid and tough to beat and, and, and legitimately efficient these markets were come kickoff or come you know the closing line. And that's not the case in other sports where there's simply not enough time and effort put into those sports. And the reason why, well, one of the reasons, a big reason why there are so many people with so many mo- with so much money, all the best people in the world betting the NBA and NFL is because the limits are so attractive. You see, I am perfectly fine operating in my little low limit areas, making my own little living. You know, I, I don't like to set off any huge bells. Now, I'm still moving opening lines generally a little bit here or there. But it's not nothing close to what these guys are doing in the NFL and NBA and these other sports. So I, early in my career, did this. I lived this. I said, what, what's everyone betting? All these big fish with millions of dollars. Because as a multiplayer game, do I want to play against them? Or do I want to play against largely a smaller pool of people who aren't going to be as smart, who aren't going to be as, as risk intelligent? Like There's a lot of benefits to betting the NHL and soccer. Now, here's the issue. When I get good enough and my bankroll gets big enough and I, by definition, have to expand my bankroll and I have to start betting more just to make it worth my while, 
then I'm going to get much more into the NFL and NBA. But until that day comes, I am perfectly content betting the sports I do. And there's a reason for it. a lot of people think that I bet the or that I bet the NHL because I love hockey. I'm like a hockey guy. And it's the other way around. I didn't really watch much hockey at all until I figured out how perfectly hockey and soccer, these lower scoring games, work into the the math that I do on my computer. And I realized this years and years ago, but that's why. And then I started betting hockey and soccer more and watching them more. And it's just, it's, it, it's just because I am a sports fan too. And I watch so much of these games, you realize the beauty in these games. And I do like hockey now, but a lot of my friends even think that I'm a hockey guy. Or I grew up loving hockey and it's not, it's the other way around. No, again, I've always watched, you know, here or there, been interested, but I would never have been called myself like a hockey guy. It's not like, well, what sports are you going to I'm going to bet hockey because I know hockey and love hockey. That's, that was not the case, right? You think I knew much soccer, like the Premier League? I didn't know a damn thing about the Premier League. You know, I, my, the players' names, I was mispronouncing all the teams, right, for the first several years. I mean, I didn't know a damn thing about English soccer. I didn't even know how the system works. There's like relegation and all that. Now I'm you know, a pro on it pretty much because of the way my system works. And it was largely because those were the sports where the big dogs weren't, where those people with millions of dollars weren't biting up all, you know, eating up all the little fish when I first got going in this industry, you know, like me. And so I built a bankroll betting these sports. I got to know these sports. And thankfully for me, nothing's changed, or at least not a lot's changed. Are the markets smarter? You bet your ass they're smarter, right? The, the NHL has gotten so much smarter the last couple of years. You can see it in the opening lines, the opening numbers. Even the bookies are getting smarter themselves, right? So everyone is getting more intelligent in this. That, that, that's very clear. But I can still comfortably do what I do in these sports because it's not worth the while. And the same limit thing, right? Because the limits are so low in these sports. It's simply not worth the while of like a Billy Walters to spend all this time, energy, resources to get $2,500 down at any given book, you know? So these, the, the limits is really why these things happen. So that's how, that's one example of how game theory applies in sports betting. What are they doing? How can we use game theory, sort of like this mental gymnastics, to put ourselves in a better position to win money? And I don't think sports selection is talked about enough or given enough credit for really how important it is. People don't think about that. They just bet what they're going to watch. And if you want to make money, that's generally not the best approach. Um, so that's one example in sports betting. I have one more example for daily fantasy sports. And this one is well known. This is nothing new, but it's just another example of game theory. Um, in daily fantasy sports, when you're picking a lineup, it's actually more important to have players who aren't selected as much than it is to have the the you know best players on the board. Now, at the end of the day, you still want the highest scoring players, but you also want the highest scoring players that aren't owned by as many other people or hopefully aren't owned by any other people, even though that's rare. So again, you can you can play this out, right? You can see how game theory applies to selecting players in daily fantasy sports. It's not just about the best players on the board. It's about having the best players on the board no one else will have. And so you have to think, well, wait a minute. Am I the only one in this daily fantasy uh, contest who's thinking that way? Or are there other people thinking that way? Right, and so now you get into well, if the, if everyone thinks that no one's going to take Cooper Cup, maybe Cooper Cup's a little bit more valuable now because everyone's going to pass who has this theory, right? So then you start to go into this whole like second level and third level of poker and fourth level of poker, right? Because levels of poker say it's very similar to this, right? It's it's level one poker player plays what's in their hands, a level two poker player 
plays what's in their opponent hands. A level three poker player isn't playing either. They're playing, what do you think I have in my hands and how can I play that, right? And then you can keep going back and forth. Well, if level four plays, well, what do you think I think you have in your hands? <laughs> and you keep going. So it's interesting, you know? And there, there is no right answer here because this is a fluid situation in game theory and we don't always know exactly what everyone else is going to take in these daily fantasy style games. But we can assume if it's like some rare Thursday night hockey game, probably going to be more professional DFS players than one of these million-dollar Sunday morning contests in the NFL. So the million-dollar Sunday morning contest, we know Cooper Cup is going to be taken 30% of the time. That's obvious. But we don't know as much in the Thursday hockey slates if the Connor McDavid's are going to be taken as much. Because with all the extra pros, you're bound to get more game theory involved. So that's game theory. That's how it's involved in sports and in sports betting. I thought it was important to go over that. We've talked about other ancillary factors for, for game theory, but never really talked specifically about it on the nose. So there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. Stay tuned tomorrow. We'll have a little preview for the NCAA basketball tournament. We'll talk to you then right here on Sports Betting Daily.